home. He had that boy all tattered and torn, and he was making his way down that dusty road, and that father saw him afar off and ran out to meet him. I remember crying in my seat, wanting to be that boy all over again. I, even though I was saved, I, I, was, I was pulling with you. I was, I, oh, oh, God, bring him home, bring him home, bring him home, Lord. And uh, there's nothing like getting involved at a baseball game. There's nothing like getting involved in church and uh, putting your whole heart and mind into it. And I remember, I don't know if it was that night, but one of those nights, I was down at the altar just, just having a wonderful time praying when he came up, knelt down by me, slipped his arm around me, said, Lord, forgive this horrible sinner. No, <laughs> he, he began to pray and just intercede uh, to the Lord for me. And I remember saying to myself, I like this guy. I like this guy. And I've enjoyed his ministry and his love and passion for God all these years. Brother George, would you come? Something transferred. Amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I must have been a real young then. Hallelujah. Stand again with me, please, as we shift ourselves into the presence of the Lord in another posture, another form. We've given in praise and we've opened up our spirit tonight in, in thanksgiving. <clears throat> the purpose of the uh, singers was to prepare for the word or the ark. And um, <clears throat> our tradition is that we sing ahead of the preaching for that purpose so that <clears throat> so that the spirit of God has an opportunity to prepare our spirits to be open. And as we open, the Lord is able then to plant the seed in the fertile ground. We've had time now to change our thinking and change our emotions and <clears throat> settle our minds from the day's activity. Now the Lord wants to come in and plant living life right in the soil of your heart. And out of that soil, out of that anointed seed that's planted in the heart of the human faith, God begins to create things that are, that are yet to be seen. The future will be planted in your life tonight. There will be things that will happen out of the Word of God that happens, that is planted tonight, that will sustain you and guide you and change the course of history for you and your family in the days to come. If the Word is not that powerful, then we have the wrong message. If the Word of God cannot and does not do that, then we have been misled. The Bible says it is the living Word of God that is able to save your soul. And tonight, we're planting it deep within our souls and spirits by the application of the anointing, and through the power of the Holy Ghost, we are not working in the human strength. We are stepping into the anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I receive the prophetic word. In Jesus' name, I receive the engrafted word. In Jesus' name, I believe what you say about me. In Jesus' name, I believe that you have performed everything you've promised to us, and I receive it as a gift from God, by grace, through faith, not of works. 
Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Oh, be seated as we just open our spirits tonight. I find it important at times to position myself for God's presence and to, and to realign, realign my mind and my emotions so that I can receive from the anointing. I find it important many times when I approach prayer to establish who I am, to repeat the things God has talked about, to bring out something that I have forgotten, and readjust the things that have been out of bounds or out of balance. <clears throat> In other words, when I come to the Lord, I, I need to come to the Lord by faith. I need to come to the Lord by faith. And <clears throat> now, I, I'm, I'm speaking as an elder in the house. I'm speaking as an elder in the house, so I'm not up here just shooting blanks. I've sat in your pews. I've walked in your churches for a long time, and I know what the Christian thinks. I know what the believer thinks, and often we get sidetracked and we get taken away by the group think instead of the word think. We get sidetracked because, well, the other people are thinking this or saying this. So suddenly we begin to say, well, times are bad. We begin to say, well, you know, sin is hard and I'm really discouraged. Instead of remembering what the gospel has told us, that there is a way through this and that God has given us an overcoming spirit and that we are more than conquerors. I need to hear myself say that occasionally. This is what confession is. Confession is, is a musical term. It's a, it's, it's a musical term meaning harmony. In other words, I'm saying the same thing God says about me. That's confession. I'm not just confessing a new house and a new car and health and being, you know, smarter than everybody else. I'm confessing what God says about me. Well, what does God say about me? He says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been forgiven of all my sins. I have an eternal home in heaven. I'm born again by the Spirit of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. All my sins are buried in the sea of God forgetfulness, never to be remembered against me anymore. Why? That's what God says about me. And then my confession is, I'm a son of God. I'm born again. I have no sin in my life. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, and then the note, you can hear the note. Ooh. All of a sudden, there's harmony comes. Peace comes back into the spirit. I'm no longer double-minded. A double-minded man is one that has two voices in his, in his mind. One voice says, you jerk. The other voice says, you king, you saint. You jerk, you saint. You jerk, you saint. Suddenly, all these voices, these two voices, and it just zeroes out each other and we we look like you know zombies we got two voices no take that voice of the lord the voice of the anointing the voice of the spirit of god and say the same thing that god says and when you begin to confess what god says about you in spite of the feelings in spite of the blood on the ground in spite of the arrows in your back all the things that happen to us begin to say what God says, then you step up into the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, then, you've got faith to pray. When faith and prayer begin to combine, you begin to change things. Praise God. Now, I know there's another approach. It's not very successful, but it's kind of like the person with the biggest pain <clears throat> gets God's attention, you know. 
<clears throat> Doesn't work well, but you can try it. <laughs> Say, well, Lord, you don't know the trouble I see. Nobody knows but you. And it's a good, it's a, you know, the heart begins to get, you know, and you think of the, no, that's not how we approach the Father. We don't approach the Father with this whole truckload of problems to see if we can outweigh the other guy and get in line first. No, we come boldly into the throne room of grace. Why? Based upon the blood, the covenant, the cross, and the name, and the righteousness that he has given us. We come because we have been stamped forgiven we have been stamped a son and a daughter i have the ability and the right and the privilege and the command to enter into the boldness into the throne of grace hallelujah hallelujah now with this approach we come to the word with this approach we are worthy to hear the voice of the lord why he has made us worthy he has applied the righteousness of god to us and has made us able now to hear his voice Hallelujah. I'm ready to hear the voice of the Lord. He has made me a son, and us sons always get to hear the Father's voice. <laughs> Isn't that something? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear things angels would love to hear. I'm ready to hear things that will scare you. <laughs> you know, truth is right on the edge of heresy all the time. You do know that, don't you? <clears throat> You do know that. Truth is right on the edge of heresy. Well, you've forgotten. Have you forgotten when you got the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues? How everybody thought you were nuts? You were right on the edge of heresy. Truth always breaks right on the edge like a surfer. Right where everybody's just about ready to cast you out because you're, you're a kook. Now you take history back and you begin to fold back the pages of history in the church. And I've been here enough to have some history folding. There was a time when you didn't pray for people like we pray now. You prayed for them in one way, and that was get in the anointing oil and touch them on the head. Now we learn that you can actually send the word and heal them. We learn that you can pray for the sick without oil. I've been in some churches over the years that they couldn't find oil. Well, forget it. Die, Fred. We don't care. <laughs> no oil, no healing. Well, there's other ways. We didn't see that. You see, there was a time we didn't believe in personal prophecy in Pentecostal churches. <clears throat> I was born into the Pentecostal church in 1950, so I've been here a long time. My father was born 25 years before that. Now, that stretch of history shows me that there's times in the Pentecostal church we thought prophets were dead and prophecy was out of order. It was kind of like tongues and interpretation is all you have. We had to have a refreshing renewal of the understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. Even though we claimed as Pentecost that we were full gospel. Yet we were not full gospel because we had one shot. You know, one shot. Boom. That was it. Tongues and interpretation. What about the other gifts of the Spirit? Well, <clears throat> we'll deal with that later. It's boom. Right on the edge. So when we begin to open up our spirits, God begins to speak to us about scary things. What's the first thing the angel always says when he shows up to you? He does, he does show up to you, doesn't he? <laughs> like every Wednesday. Okay, what does he usually say? Fear not. You already told me. Fear not. Why? Because spiritual things scare us. New things always frighten us. And the first thing that we do with new things is we want to run. Oh, 
We never did that in our church. Well, <clears throat> and yet we ask for revival. Lord, send revival like we want it. Lord, send revival like it happened in the past. And God's kind of watching, looking at his watch and, hum, and, and yawning. No snowflakes the same, no fingerprints the same, and you want me to be the same thing that happened 50 years ago or two months ago? How about giving me a little room to mix it up a bit and surprise you? <laughs> you think God could surprise us? I do. You think God can scare us? He has. You think God wants to stir things up? He wants to. You think God wants to give us insight? There's nothing new under the sun. We know God does not change, but He certainly reveals new parts to Him all the time. And that's the fun part. <laughs> I thought I knew the Father. <sighs> Suddenly the Lord shows us another aspect of His grace and His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to carry a theme just for a night or two perhaps. So we'll start tonight. And it's ta we're talking about... <clears throat> we're talking, we're, I'm going to talk about the open heavens over this house. I was standing at my kitchen sink and we have uh, a neighbor backyard kind of in the view of the kitchen where our house is up a little ways. And... <clears throat> I looked out and, the, and I, I watched the neighbor's dog run across the yard. And <clears throat> yard is bigger than a postage stamp, so the dog was, was just prancing and looking like he was king of the earth. <laughs> and he just had, he had a smile on his face. You ever seen a dog smile? It's, they can't. He just was prancing across that yard. And I was watching him drinking with my water, I guess, whatever's at the sink for. I, I certainly wasn't doing the dishes, but believe me. <clears throat> and the Lord spoke to me and said, <clears throat> and said, I want you to look at that, that dog out there. And I want you to notice something. And that dog is still fenced in, even though he doesn't see, think he is. I want you to consider the neighbor's dog, the Spirit said. Even though the fence is way out there and way out there, he's still in a fence. And the Lord began to talk to me about open heavens, open revelation, open spiritual contact. <clears throat> compared to us, compared to me, compared to me walking, I'm, I'm at liberty. Praise God, I'm at liberty. And yet we read Paul and when he writes, and, and I feel like Peter half the time when I read Paul. Boy, he's sure deep. <laughs> you know, but I can't figure that guy out. <clears throat> Peter says, everything's free. You know, everything's deliberate. I can do anything. Well, not everything's expedient, he says, but I'm free. What kind of fenceless thinking is that? That you can live a life without fences? Say, uh-oh, pastor, <laughs> you're scaring me now. That's all right. Let's just try it for a while. <laughs> Let's see if we can scare ourselves tonight. <clears throat> we can come back later and, you know, get cuddled up again. But let's see if we can scare ourselves tonight. Begin to think bigger than we've ever thought before about God's grace and God's mercy and God's power. Begin to see pictures in our minds, images in our minds. You know, when, 
when Calvin began to write the doctrines of the Protestant movement, and he began to form the Western thinking for Christian for the Christians for the next uh, <clears throat> how many years? Five, six hundred, seven hundred years. <clears throat> he took he took the the Catholic experience which they were rejecting and 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 you know re- running from or leaving. The Catholic experience had come to a place where they had no uh, they had no. Um, <clears throat> guidelines for spiritual activity anything went and so they had little sheep you know talking and they had images coming here and there and they had all kinds of mysteries were happening well Calvin comes along and and they they reject this so severely and sweep it off the table that they that, that he began to teach and it comes out in some of our doctrines today maybe not our doctrines but some of our brothers in the Christ that there's no apostles they're all dead there's no miracles they all die with the apostles and they got to the point where you couldn't even imagine what God's face looked like because that was idolatry you couldn't have any kind of thought, thought in your mind when you were praying you couldn't even you couldn't even th- have a picture of heaven you couldn't have a picture of an angel because that was idolatry so when so when I come along and I say let's imagine this there that camp that type of thinking limits me to even have an imagination God gave me an imagination so I could dream you you think in pictures you don't think in words you don't when you say dog you don't see a dog you see a you know a little black puppy or a big red one you think in pictures and when you think about going to town you don't see it in English or whatever your language is you see yourself going to town you see the stop sign in the store why because we have an imagination that is involved in God so I want you to open up your imagination tonight and let's see what God says about us for this hour this is not just a ethereal mysteries where we're just gonna paint pictures that confuse I want you to walk out of this place tonight and I want you to know that there's something so grand and so great that, it, that this thing called Christianity is not just a struggle. It's not just a, a journey. It's not some kind of weight we're lifting. It's not some kind of load we're bearing. It's not some, something we're enduring to the end. But it is the greatest. It's the only thing going. It's the greatest thing going. It's the power of God invested in human vessels and I am filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I don't understand that, but I love to say it. (laughs) Amen. I've never understood how it could work, but I love to say it because it feels so good. Why? Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a walking example of Christ on earth. I'm the thing that started when he came to earth and he initiated the church. I'm that church right now walking in flesh. And in the, in the very form of this person called a believer, in the very form of someone who has now confessed their sins, that was, that was part of the journey. But I'm not just an old sinner saved by grace now. I'm not just going back and remembering my sin and coming back and remembering my sin. I have done that, so now I have been translated into, born again by God. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And I walk now as one connected to heaven by the umbilical cord of faith and by the blood of Christ and I am a new creature in Christ Jesus hallelujah I walk like this and I think like this and I dream like this and I speak like this hallelujah 
except on Monday morning, of course. <laughs> and then that's another story we'll talk about later. All right. Oh, you don't have a Monday morning? Yeah. Yeah, we have to pick ourselves up and remember who we are. And remember that we are not that old man anymore. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Fences. Spirit of God said, George, I want you to look at that dog. He thinks he's free, and yet he's still in the fence. And I'm here, just briefly, just to shout over your fence and tell you you don't need to have a fence. Amen. Well, I know God can heal headaches, but what about cancer? Well, I know God can save, you know, backsliders, but what about homosexuals? I know God can heal this or do this, but... Don't take the fence out too far. All I'm asking tonight is, Lord, if you can't take them all down, put them a long way out so I can feel the freedom of the Holy Ghost in my spirit. Amen? Now, with that in mind, I want to take you on a little journey of recapturing. And I want you to see how God opens the heavens over this house and over your life. Let's just take a little spiritual journey. I want to give some scriptural references so you can... You can, uh, you can go back to it later. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. First verse I ever learned. Every time I start to quote it, I have this gut fear that I'll forget right in public. <laughs> but I got a little plaque for it at home somewhere. George Watkins memorized John 3.16. But listen to it as we just open up the, for a moment. Because I want you to sense. I want you to have an emotional feeling. <laughs> Is that okay if I say it that way? <clears throat> because it's part of God's gift to us is to feel Not just, I don't feel like I'm saved all the time, but thank God sometimes I do, and it's a lot of fun. I don't feel like going to church, but sometimes I do, and it really feels good. The feelings are part of the gifts God gives us to enjoy life. And so I want you to sense God tonight. I want you to sense God through this week. I want you to feel the presence of the Lord. There's enough walking by faith. You'll do plenty of that. They say you can take a boat across the state of Michigan. You can actually take a canoe across the state of Michigan if you don't mind rowing, if you don't mind carrying it once in a while. <clears throat> There's so many lakes. Is that the land of lakes, Michigan? You can, take, you can take a canoe from one side to the other if you don't mind carrying it for a while. Christianity is the same way. You can go anywhere you want if you don't mind picking it up by faith and just dragging that sucker. <laughs> and sometimes you're in the middle of the lake paddling and it seems like you'll have water forever. No, there'll be another time you just pick it up by faith and you say, I'm here because God says I'm here. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't it be good just to hire 10 guys? Maybe 12 of you could afford them. 24-hour praisers. <laughs> you know, just every time you come into the room, they're telling you what, how great you are and how pretty you are, and, and you're the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> wouldn't that be something? I mean, about, tw- about 15 minutes out, I'd probably throw them out. But, I mean, wouldn't that be just all the times that, man, you're the greatest? You can never fail. Well, we don't have those 12 guys. We have the Word of God. 
We have the Holy Ghost. We have the anointing. Praise God. We have something that is so powerfully beyond anything you can imagine. Paul said you can't even, you can't even, you can't even think beyond it. <clears throat> I tell you, you know where God lives? I tell you exactly. We want to find out where God lives? It's right in that line, right beyond your thinking. Right beyond your thinking. Just, just seconds beyond where you stop thinking. God's dwelling right there. Just ready to show you something. Paul said it this way. Be, it's beyond what you can ask or think. <laughs> so I keep stretching my thinking. My believing. My asking. Trying to find that place where God is dwelling. John 3.16. I'm still preaching Luke 15.11. I guess I preached it when Dennis was in the first service I was at. But the, this is the story. The prodigal son is the story of God's picture of coming home. Now, <clears throat> let's just take a little snapshot. Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our own image. Now, the garden was God's place where man and God dwelled. And if I understand the garden, and I don't want to get sidetracked here with some wonderful thoughts and teachings, there's some fun stuff here, but let's just take a quick journey through the garden. The garden, one of the reasons, one of the reasons they can't find the location of the garden, among other things, I'm sure, is because I believe the garden was in another realm. I don't believe the garden was in a natural realm, because I don't think there was any natural realm as we understand it until sin came. There was a place where God walked with man in the cool of the night, cool of the evening. I believe that was, there was only one realm. It was a realm God lived in. And Adam lived in there because he was sinless also. And, and so God and Adam had relationship and had fellowship and had life together. It was called the creation. God created man is in, in his image. And in that, in that thing called pre-sin, there was, there was no limits, there was no veils, there was no uh, exit out of the garden, there was no angel garden the garden. It was life with God. It's hard for us to imagine not having sin or the problem of temptation or the, or the, or the, or the chance to fail or the fear we fail or the memory of failing or sinning. All those things are part of this journey we're on, coming back to God. So before this, before the fall, he said, let us make man in our own image. Then the fall came, and we, knew, we know what happens at the fall. Something separated, sin separated God from man. And man was physically, by, a, by an act of God, cast out of the garden as a, as a physical representation of the, what happened in the spirit. There was a veil that came down, and from that point on through the tabernacle days... There was a veil in the tabernacle, and then a veil in the tent. In the in the uh, a veil in the tent, first of all, and then, and then in the tabernacle, that represented this separation. Now you and I know it's there; we feel it. We had a man in our church, a colonial, when I was a boy. I was raised under O.C. Harms, and he would pray over by the piano or wherever the piano was at that time. He'd pray over there, always the same spot. And, and he would get up just about every time, and us boys would always wait for him to say it, and he'd walk off and he says, Oh, the heavens are iron and the earth is brass. Heavens are iron and the earth is brass. And, he, I, and I thought, what's he praying for? I said, what's the matter with this guy? Every time he prays, he can't get through to God. Now, I've thought of that often. 
When I think about open heavens, Lord, the, the, heavens, the heavens may be brass and the earth iron to some, but to you, you've made a way where there was no way. You open, the, you open portals in heaven and rivers and streams, Lord. You've come through. Now, this is what happened, you see. Now, Adam then was cut, cut off, cast out. But here's the first promise. Listen to it. Genesis 3.15. There's going to be a seed. There's going to be a man-child. There's going to be a contest. There's going to be a bruising. And there's going to be a victory. The first promise, Genesis 3.15. Now listen to how God comes back in, and listen to how He comes to your life. And I want you to hear this, because you and I suffer and, 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 are, and are tempted to believe God is not in our life or cannot get in our life. Somehow we're the only one in the room that can't touch God. We're the only, I mean, God's going to bless everybody but me. No, 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 He's come that all, whosoever will whosoever will sometimes you just need to you just need to say it so you whosoever will amen whoso you you won't forget this so I, this I'm why I'm doing it <laughs> whosoever will that's me I'm a whosoever will all I need to do is come amen <clears throat> driven out of the garden the first promise says, I'm going to come back with, a, with victory, with victory. Great separation. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 talks about the, the, the positions that God invades. Now, through, through history now, from, from the pr- first promise, the covenants begin to be written. Covenant of promise begin to be written. First promise, first covenant, second covenant, third covenant, fourth covenant, fifth covenant, sixth covenant, seventh covenant. They were written down <clears throat> through the Old Testament era. And all these covenants were, had one thing in mind. God's coming back and making a way for mankind. God's coming back and making a way for His creation. Now, <clears throat> the, in First Thessalonians, then it says that my spirit, my soul... And my body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord. Now, if that's if that's possible, I can I can have contact, and I can live in contact with God. I can also live with no contact with God, and they call it being dead in my sins, in trespasses and sins. Have you have you ever known a dead spiritual person, and they look like they're working? They invent, they marry, they have children, and yet they're dead, the Bible says. What does that mean, to be dead spiritually? To be dead spiritually means I don't walk in the cool of the garden with God. To be be dead, dead spiritually, I don't have a contact with the Father. I don't have any relationship with the Father. I have no life in the Father. Now I can be spiritual. The New Agers prove that. The occultists prove that. I can be spiritual. But it's illegal, and it's dangerous, and it's devilish. There, I can cross the spiritual line. I can get into the spiritual things through psychedelic drugs in many ways. But the only way into the Father's presence is by the cross, by the blood, and by the name. So, this, this whole separation then, God says, I'm coming, and I'm going to make a way where there was no way, a fountain in the house of David. Now, why is this important? 
So George Watkins can come out of sin into salvation and walk the earth healing the sick and raising the dead and changing the course of history everywhere he goes. So I don't end up like some of my friends or some of your friends in, in ruin and brokenness and loss. And so I don't end up as some of my friends have with a lost life. My, it breaks my heart when a man turns out to be, you know, 50 years later and his life has just been gone. Why? Because he did not allow the anointing of the Lord to take him to his destiny. Do you know what sin's all about? Sin is just a distraction from the purposes of God for you. Sin is not the issue. Sin is not even powerful. Sin has no dominion over those who don't want it there. Sin and temptation and all the wickedness, there's no problem if you turn to Christ because the Bible says he has, he has put sin under his feet and he has conquered sin once and for all. The only thing he hasn't conquered yet is death, and that's coming in the final end. But he's conquered sin. So what does that mean? Why am I having such a rough life with sin? How come I'm always failing? How come this temptation? Because I need to find out, and I need to find a way in to the Father's presence. Jesus stood on the great day of the feast and opened up his mouth, and he, he hollered loud enough for all to hear, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for it is easy. What a silly thing for an itinerant, drifting teacher to say in the midst of the feast, with all the smart guys there, all the education, all the priests, all the rulers, Here's this lowly carpenter's son, or carpenter, carpenter's son, declaring a new way. <laughs> That's the entrance. There is a, a fountain open in the house. There's a river and streams flowing out of the temple. There's a way back. So God then continues to open up. Now, <clears throat> the anointing then and the supernatural hand of God can open up, as it were, wells of revival, wells of anointing, places of anointing. I was, uh, <clears throat> I was raised very, very Protestant to where the Catholics were kind of like non-existent. We knew they were there, but they didn't count because they were Catholics. <clears throat> took me a while to realize that they were people that were trying to find God in the way they knew. Now you have to keep in mind that all through history there was only really one big church and the Catholics were it for a long time. So I don't see God off, off to vacation. He was working and doing things the best he could through who he had. And there was a revelation of God in the age that they were in, that they walked in and they, 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 they experienced some things in some cases that are that are, would blow our thinking in the spiritual sense. But, they, that, but God had, God had some, 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 some increase to go beyond. Well, what happens is in any kind of religious setting, even in, the, in Pentecost, we, want, we, we have our traditions and we, f we forget to go on. 
We have our beginning stage or beginning point, and we build our tradition. It was very popular in our, in our young Pentecostal churches, in my young Pentecostal church, to, to kind of point to the stained glass windows down the street. Uh-oh. <clears throat> we didn't have them. We were pure. We didn't, you know, if we wanted to cover our windows, it was Bonami soap, you know, over the windows so they couldn't see in, see us rolling on the floor, climbing the chandeliers, all that stuff. <clears throat> it was great. <clears throat> If you haven't rolled on the floor, you haven't had Pentecost like it's intended. So there you go. <clears throat> so what happens? God wants to take us on. God wants to do something for us that we haven't seen before. So the, the, the things that the Catholics experienced, and I'm just referring to this just by example, the things the Catholics experienced, they had some supernatural stuff happen that were just shoved aside. Now, what God wants to do is to open up our spirit so we, we, we have an e- expansion of God's entrance. Lord, open up the way where there has been no way. Show me a way. I'm not looking just for weird stuff and miracles and if there's a miracle, God's there. God's, God's as here tonight as he would be here if, if I was floating in the air. Amen. You wouldn't be here if I was floating in the air. I know that, but <laughs> God would be, all right? <laughs> and I'd run probably after I got down. Now, <clears throat> the point is, we're not looking for weird stuff to say God's there. That's not the point. But sometimes things happen that are beyond our imagination. Let's not panic. Let's see God in the movement of the Holy Ghost among us. Amen. Amen. My dad always told a story about praying for revival and Sister Smith gets mad because as soon as the people came in, they took her seat. Now, we, you know, we laugh at that. But some of you have your seat. <laughs> Darlings, I see you in the same place every time. We have our little spots that we have to enlarge in. We have to expand ourselves in. Amen. All, all God wants us to do is realize there's an open heaven. And we're, we've come back to the Father. And in the presence of the Lord, say it with me, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. You say you don't know. You don't know my background. Well, deal with it then. James just cut to the chase. He said, well, look, there's no, you know, (laughs) brothers, he says, uh, He says, sin's taken care of, but if you do sin, confess it, repent, and go on. Don't build a monument, write a book, and go on TV and talk about your sin. Confess it and go on. Why? Because he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Is it possible to be innocent again? Uh Uh-huh. What if I remember it? Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are holy? If there be any virtue, think on these things. Well, wait a minute now. I had a history. I, I, I was a sinner. I was a failure. I did this. I did that. I had, you know, I had a divorce. I, Whatever things are in the past are buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness. My dad always said there was a sign that said no fishing. I don't know if it's there, but it probably should be. Why? Because God said he's taken it and buried it. Now, why is that important to me? 
Why am I having trouble sinning? No. But the, but the emotion of the human heart brings up my failures and tries to show me again. The thing that is in my human heart says you can't be that good. You've got to fail. I thought, man, I got saved every camp meeting. I got saved every revival. I was the best you know, candidate for every evangelist that came. I'm down at the altar getting saved. That was kind of the thinking. You just got to come back, start again. It's start again. There used to be a board game when I was a kid called Start Again or Start Over or something. And, and you know, you get bumped off and you have to start again. And it, how frustrating to, to, to come to God and be, you know, and then start again. Here I am, <laughs> back in line. <laughs> there is a way where there was no way. I'm calling somebody to service tonight that has spun their wheels too long in this repetitive dealing with the past. I'm calling someone to step up to soldiering. Hallelujah. This is your night to bury the past and step up to being the man and woman God's called you to be. It's time for war, and it's time to conquer, and it's time to advance. This is a prophetic word to somebody tonight that needs to hear that prod in your spiritual. And I'm spoken you now to get in line for God has orders for you in this, in this day. There's marching orders and you can't do it when you're fussing over the old. God's got some fresh new direction for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> I was preaching in <clears throat> Idaho last year and had a man come down from Montana with his family, sit in the services, <clears throat> had nine beautiful children. What a gorgeous family. He says, you don't remember me, but I was in Vancouver a number of years ago. I was 23. You prophesied over me for the first time, and you told me that it wasn't, wasn't, God wasn't, wasn't the right time. There's going to be some seasons ahead of you. He says, I didn't like that prophecy. <clears throat> Two years later, you came back, prophesied over me again. You said, in three days, you'll know what you're going to do for the rest of your life, for, the, for a season of your life. He says, and, and, and the prophecy said, and you're not going to know your ministry and be in it until you're 40. This guy's 24 or 5 then. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say to a 25-year-old. <laughs> 40 is like the edge of time. <laughs> he, came to, he came from Montana to tell me this. He says, I just turned 40, and I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Now, that meeting, three days, in three days, I missed my point there, in three days, at the end of the meeting came to me and said, it's been three days. I said, it's not midnight yet. <laughs> you know, the old prophet knows how to get out of it here. It's not midnight yet. <clears throat> He's on his way home at 11 o'clock, sitting at the stoplight, and he says, that preacher told me that I would know just when I snap, just like snapping your fingers. And he snapped his fingers, and instantly he knew what he was going to do, and he did it for 15 years, went in the military, had a career. Now he's 40 years old, and he just turned 40, and he says, God just sent us. We're going to be missionaries to the Amish. <clears throat> now that's a prophetic word that gets a hold of someone and gives them 
guidelines and a rail to run on. I'm telling you, when God speaks, He knows how to time it, and He knows how to get, your, get the hook in your, in your spirit. Praise God. God told me when I was a young man, prophetically, <clears throat> that, I, that I would be like a Nazarite. Never let certain things touch my lips, never let, you know, and, and, the, and the big deal, the big deal about the Nazarite, one of the big deals besides not touching the dead was, was and, <laughs> and not having, and having long hair. That would have been great in hippies days, I guess, but was, was not taking alcohol. And that, that singular prophetic word over me kept me in, in, in the days when alcohol was the big deal then. There's, there's so many other things now. But that kept me because I knew I was called to be a Nazarite unto God. I had a prophetic word over my life that, that was a rail for me to run on. Now, I, I had buddies that were doing it and it was in school and, you know, we, we, they, it was around. But that prophetic word was a hook in me or a guide for me or a strength for me. Joseph said it this way. Now, Joseph's in the, in the midst of temptation. And if you've ever been in the midst of temptation, sexual or greed or power or any kind of temptation, when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you're, you're kind of your Geiger can't, you know, your compass is crazy. You can't, you can't think. But he had, he had already a predetermined balance in his life, and it was pleasing God. And he said, I cannot do this thing because of my God. Not because I'll get a disease or I'll get caught or I'll get fired or we might have a baby, but because my God, it will not be pleased with it. You see, the prophetic word of God, and when you see that you have been called by God to be a joint heir, not, a, not just a servant, even though if we're preaching on servanthood, that's part of the function, but you're not just a slave, a servant, a, a lackey, a clone, you are a joint heir. Now, if I know that, then I can walk with the Lord with dignity because I am a joint heir. In other words, an equal heir with Christ. So it's Christ and I. It's not like big, big Christ, little me. It's Christ and I. Now, real, you know, theologically, we can have more time with that and balance it out. It sounds like maybe I'm, I'm you know, taking more position than I should, but I need to take a little extra position because we go so far the other way. I, I'm, I'm pushing a little hard this way so we can see who we are in Christ. You say, wait a minute now, let's back up. How does this affect me now? Not in the future, not in some kind of big picture, but what about tomorrow? How does it affect my job, my health, my family, my relationship? When you know that God has opened up a window of heaven over you and has come down, as we imagine, down out of heaven, even though that's not really th true, in the sense heaven's just right beyond our sight. The spiritual world is right beyond our sight. God has stepped through in the form of Jesus Christ, and he has presented himself to us, so that we might be like Him, so that we might walk like Him and be in His presence and be Him in, him in us and us in Him. Amen. Now, why? Because then when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm not alone. Then when I face the boss or the whatever problem, I have the anointing of the Lord and the power of wisdom. I can speak the words God's given me. And there is, a, there is a key in my mouth. Paul said, 
It is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. It's the words we've preached, that if thou should confess the Lord Jesus, thou should be saved. Now, that word in your mouth is the sword of God. And I'm calling you in these next 24 hours, and, and we're going to have experience tomorrow. And we may have some testimonies tomorrow night. But there is a word in your mouth that God's going to put tomorrow at the right time. And I don't mean harsh or like, you know, screaming. I'm talking about wisdom. I'm talking about the word in season. The word in season is the right word at the right time, right? So there's going to be, uh, there's going to be something asked of you, or there's going to be a, a, a direction you have to take, or there's going to be a yes or no you need to make, there's going to be an up or down you need to make, and you're going to have the word, the, the seasonal word in your mouth, and it's going to change the course of that thing. This is how close this reality is to us. It's nigh us, even in our mouth. I'm a long ways out on the, on the diving board tonight. I can feel the bounce. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I've been peeking to see if there's any water in the pool. <clears throat> but I want you to realize how important it is to see God breaking through. I want you to know we're not struggling against God. It's not like we have to pray hard so God will move. No. He's more willing. He wants to do more than we even imagine. What we're praying for is a lot of other reasons, and it's important to pray, and we need to pray. And I tell you, prayer lines us up to God's purposes, and when we pray, we certainly can hear the Lord and do the will of the Lord. But I'm telling you, God's not against us. He's for us. Praise the Lord. And I've been praying over this house. I've prayed over this house since I've been here last year. And my, my good friend is pastoring here, so he's a part of my life. And I'm interacting with him and, and, and seeing the, the, the things of God in this house. And I prophetically, in my spirit, sense breakthroughs. I'm sensing breakthroughs. I'm sensing new converts. Now, your pastor's a soul winner, and I hear him talking about it all the time. He's been that way a long, long time. That's, his, uh, that's, that's part of his giftings. And I know that's going to be part of what happens, but I'm telling you, there's a, there's a tide is rising in, this, in, this, in the spirit of this house. The tide of the anointing is rising. And you can, you can feel it in some of the singing and some of the worship. You probably see it in some of your social events where you're mixing together as a family. But there's breakthrough. And it's my prophetic word and I, my prayer. I know your pastor's agreeing with me. It's my prayer my, that the wells of this house are being dug out again. Not... You know, just old stuff over, but the anointing wells, those anointings that have been planted here. There's men and women that have buried themselves in this house and given their life to this house over the years. And those, those, those prayers, as it were, are bottled up before the Lord. God, send revival to Campbell. God, send the anointing to Campbell. And, it, and he, he will not deny us, and he will not forget us. Now, how does that help me tonight? How can I go home tonight? I believe the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. My dad said, oh, son, I'll be over. Nine o'clock, I got a check for you. I don't toss and turn at night. Check my watch, look out the door, call him up, see if he's really lying to me. No, it was my dad said it. I know him. I used to know him. <clears throat> he transferred. <laughs> that was his nature. He was honest. God tells me, 
I believe it. I sleep. I rest in the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm out of, out of town last couple of weeks ago. I guess I was in southern Oregon. I got a call three in the morning or one in the morning. My daughter's crying and she's hurting. She's in pain. Can't, she can't move. Feel like she's going paralyzed. Daddy, what should I do? She said, call mom. She, she'll, she, she'll come over. I had to go back to bed and give it to God. There's nothing I could do. I prayed for her, obviously. Nothing I could do. Walked it through. God took care of it. She's fine. But the daddy's heart wanted to get in the, get in the car and drive 100 miles an hour and have a wreck going home, you know. What could I do? And I said to the Lord, Father, I cast it on you. I'm going to sleep. Now, I'm either a real bad father or I've got a lot of faith because I had a good sleep. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anybody here tonight that deals with, with uh, uh, that, with nervousness? Or, or, or uh, <clears throat> it's, it's really more difficult than, than just fear. I mean, we fear a lot of things. Some of us, we should. But fear can be a, a continual thing that brings a, a nervous, um, hesitating, uh, you know, emotion. And I just want to stop for a moment because I believe the Lord wants to minister to some people. And I believe God wants to set you free from that tonight. And I believe God wants to give you peace <clears throat> in the midst of the struggle. Because there's an open heaven right over your house. God has made a way where there was no way. He has broke through again because he has made a hole, a dimension in time and space and stepped into your world. And he lives with you now. And I want you to go home knowing that. And often the enemy can become uh, a master of deception and bind you. And, and often it needs a, a prayer of the elders. Just a, a, you know, a powerful prayer to cut that thing off. And I'm going to ask you if you're here and there's, there's fear or, or anxiety. Or uh, it may be just one single thing that's got you... You know, right here. I want you to just come here for a moment. I'm going to pray for you. No, it's a, it's, it's a bold thing to admit some, some of this. But I tell you, this is the family. This is where we get healed. This anointed spot in this carpet, there's been, a, there's been a lot of people touched right here. Amen. So if that's you, just come quickly. Because I, I want to just obey this, pro, uh, this pro, prodding and prompting in my spirit. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just step into this anointing now. Just step into this anointing when we're just shifting gears a little bit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. The word has been presented. Now we're going we're to we're minister in the spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hasato ramakata satandalamadandai. Shato pranzilibikaroma satandai. Lord, I ask for the spirit of peace to come 
as, at, as it were, an angel. We'll call it the spirit of peace. We know the Holy Ghost is involved in everything that happens. But Lord, let the spirit of peace come now and present peace. Let the peace of God that passeth all understanding flow like oil over the head, down the garments, cover the feet. Lord, I stand now against this fingernail on the chalkboard feeling where everything's static. And I break the power of it and I command the spirit of peace and tranquility to come to those areas of anxiety. And I drive out in Jesus' name those points of frustration. And I ask now for, for God's answers to come so that they can take a hold of the peace of this thing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a, there's a spearhead penetrating like something that's, been, that's just been penetrated into and through. Now, not, in, not so much, this isn't a weapon or a death thing, but it's like going in through, touching the core and dealing with the core, just penetrating through into the core and dealing with the core. And I suspect it's something that's been hidden, not in secret sin. I don't mean that, but something that you bury because you don't want to deal with it or can't or, you're, or you don't know how. And maybe it's so long ago that you've forgotten about it, but God's taking the arrow of the anointing and piercing all the way through there and putting the, 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 the death to that thing that has caused this unknown reason why. And, and you know, like every season, you kind of go through the same thing. Maybe, a, maybe something happened with a death or something happened with a tragedy. And I break the repetitive chain. I break the repetitive cycle. I command peace to be in place of frustration and fear and hesitation. And let this woman come up to her God-ordained destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I see you, dear, and this is an illustration of spiritual dimension. I see you in a pair of big shoes, and you're a little girl standing in the pair of big shoes, and God says, you're, you're, you're going to grow up and, go, and fill those shoes. This isn't a, you know, like years and years. This is something God's going to deal with you to come up into your destiny, come up into your calling, come up into your anointing, come up into your purpose. There's purposes in your life that have not been uh, exercised. You, you see the edge. You, you, you see part of it. You've experienced some things. God says, I've got things for you that are yet to be matured, and God is going to mature in this hour in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Are we being recorded? If we're not, I want you... Are we are? Okay. Now, take the recording... I want you to take these words that are prophesied to you, and I want you to repeat them back to God. I want you to say, Lord, this is what the prophetic word says about me, and this is who I am, and this is where I'm going. And you're going to practice doing this for a good month. Lord, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. And as you do, you're going to find those little, those little, little feet are going to grow into the size God has intended for you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Asatanda Romakata Satai. 
Is there anybody else needs to be down here while the anointing's flowing in this particular vein that we're talking about? There's a release. There's an anointed release right now. Amen. <clears throat> there may be a man here tonight uh, that has a fear of uh, provision, a fear of family. In other words, how am I going to how am I going to provide? How am I going to protect? You know, we as men, we have a lot of things on our shoulders. But the enemy can take that and just rub your face in it until you feel like, like there's like a failure. I I I I'm I'm reaching for that for that broken for for that thing to be broken tonight. And that's why I'm stretching out here just a bit. Hallelujah! If you're here, come stand with me because I want to break that thing off of you. God's got some marvelous things for you. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I release the anointing over this woman, and I prophesy. I prophesy things for her that are going to amaze her. Amen. I prophesy things for her that are going to thrill her. I prophesy things for her, her husband is going to be amazed at. And I prophesy things over her that the church is going to wonder at in the sense of, wow, isn't this the carpenter's son? How, how, how could all these wonderful words come out of him? Talking about the representation of that attitude of amazement of things that God's going to do in your spirit and in your life because it seems like you should be just, you know, in your place and you're a quiet little person and you should... Yeah, but all of a sudden, the anointing is going to break up out of you like a, a hidden river and going to begin to flow. And you've asked the Lord... And you've, you've, you've listened to others teach or preach, or you've heard, uh, especially other ladies that have a great anointing on them, and you've said, boy, that, boy, I'd sure like to do something like that. I'd sure like to have the ability to talk about these things in great power. Well, God says the desires of your heart are my desires. The things that have been put there, you didn't dream them up. They were put there by the fingerprints of your Creator. And I have put things in you that are yet to be discovered and will be discovered in these days because you have a heart after God and you have a heart for God. And I release this thing off your life that sidetracked you, that's caused you to feel intimidated and, and weak. I release that off of you and I release the anointing of strength over you, the boldness of the Holy Ghost over you, so you'll say things in season and things in time that are going to be amazing. Praise God. You're going to say and, and, and be a person that is going to change the course of history for people. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now you're going to have to let your brain grow and your mind grow to this prophetic word. It's way beyond your, your brain now, but that'll take time. Just let it happen and begin to think like God thinks. Amen. You're a mother and you're, a, you're a, a wife, but there's a place for you in the kingdom that is going, to be, is going to be important for God's destiny. Hallelujah. 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 And Lord, I lay hands upon this woman of God, and I say in Jesus' name, let this development come. And Father, this next generation has a voice of a woman with power and anointing in this church and this community and this 
uh, and this spiritual uh, arena around and about where she lives and moves and operates, let the voice of the Holy Ghost come forth through her in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you something, dear. Do you receive that? Then that's all it takes. You'll understand it later. You'll work out. It'll, God will give you additions. He'll put the bridges in. He'll help you with the, you know, with the problems. But if you will receive the prophetic word of God, then it begins to work. It begins to develop. It begins to grow in you. And then take it and use it like a tool. Lord, this is what God said about me. How about it? Where am I? Begin to say, Lord, this is what God said. This is what you said about me. Where am I going with this? How do I work with it? And you watch. As the months come and the weeks come, it'll be, it'll, it'll be seed in there growing. Hallelujah. All right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you journal? Do you write down things? Start. All right. Get yourself a little journal. Begin to write the thoughts of God. What you're seeing God say to you. How you're thinking. Amen. All right? And you'll see a development happen. You'll see a creative development. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in Jesus' name, the anointing of the Lord upon this man that's responded to this call. And I say in Jesus' name, let there be courage come now. Let there be courage come. Let the spirit of Caleb come to this man, Lord, as he faces a mountain. Let him conquer it. Lord, there's some things that he's looking at right now that are as big as a mountain. And Lord, let the spirit of Caleb come upon him as he steps forth in the anointing. Let him feel the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is the paraclete, the one who stands along beside us and fights for us and strengthens us, Lord. And by the power in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost, let this brother, this soldier of God stand again, Lord, in his place to defend the things that God's called him to in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Brother, I'm not I'm not as old as you, and I'm a little stronger perhaps because I'm a little younger. But I've already had to deal with not being able to fight like a 40-year-old. But God tells me my spirit's ageless. God tells me my anointing is ageless. I don't, you know, I can't jump as high as I used to, but the Spirit of God is still strong in me like it is in you. There is no age in the anointing. There's no age in the wisdom of God. There's no age in the power of faith. So what you're going to do in these last days, just like Samson, somehow God's going to help you do more in your last years than you did in your early years. That's my confession. That's my prophetic word to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh God, the open, the open heaven over this man in Jesus' name. Both physically and spiritually, let the anointing break forth, Lord, and do wonders in his body and in his soul in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the strength coming out of your spirit to me. Hallelujah. I feel I could probably beat you to the back door running, but I tell you there's a man inside that could beat me in a lot of things because you've had some strong exercise in God. You've had, you have a track record. You have experience that is supernatural, and I don't want you to let that die. You have the ability to touch heaven when others can't in Jesus' name, and I bless you in that, my brother. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I've been having trouble. I've been having trouble. Every time I get a little bit in the, in the bucket, you, you, you suck it out. 
I've been having trouble keeping the bucket full tonight. Every time I get a little in the bucket, you, your big sponge back there in the back row is just sucking it out. Amen. So with that in mind, I'm going to pray for you. Praise God. You have, an, you have a, a huge appetite for God. And you have asked the Lord to do some things that even are, you know, beyond your even thinking. You just, you kind of just, you're the one that says, all right, just dump it on me, Lord. Well, here we're going to do some dumping tonight. And we're going to do some breaking. And we're going to do some establishing. Amen. Amen. We don't, we can't keep up with it in the rational thinking. But we know it's right. Paul says, I know in whom I had believed and am persuaded that he is able. Amen. I know. I'm just a knowing. There's an ability to just sense this is right. I can't explain to you how I feel, but I know it feels right. Amen. And that's what God's doing for you. Father, in Jesus' name, she stood for a purpose, but you have other things also. She came tonight, and I break that nervous fear. I break hesitation. I stand against the thing that would try to trouble her, and we settle it by the power of faith and by the, by the command of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I prophesy over you, or heaven, open heavens. I prophesy over you for revelation. I prophesy over you for the spirit of prophecy to come through you, for the anointing of prophecy to come on you, for the voice of prophecy to come through you. So God begins to speak to the body of Christ through you as, as a gift to the house and as a gift to the body of Christ as the prophetic word comes. Amen. Now, it usually starts, if you don't do it already, it usually starts with writing some thoughts out, showing them and say, Pastor, what do you think God told me? He's, he's speaking to me about this. And you'll begin to see the witness of the Lord until you begin to learn how to hear the prophetic utterance of the Lord. Also, I'm going to command you and direct you to begin to prophesy over your family. I want you to speak your, your family's names out, and I want you to direct them like the centurion did. I want you to say, Lord... My servant needs to be healed, and he's sick. Come home with me. That's a prophetic word, and you're going to take that word of prophecy, and you're going to say to that family, be healed. Come home in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Wow. Now, this is, this is in layers, because you have been called to the kingdom for such a day as this. You're an Esther to your generation, to your family's generation, to the lineage. And you have tiers of family members that have no, no contact except you. And I want you to start sending that anointing down just like a river. Amen. They don't, they don't, they don't know what's happening, but they're going to feel the results. You are the one that's been exalted. You are the one that's been anointed. You're the one that's been rescued. You're the one that's been translated out of, out of darkness into the light. Bring your family with you like the, like the, like the jailer. <laughs> Bring them in in Jesus' name. Him and his family. Amen. Amen. Now, that's a command. You hear me? Hey, you're not getting out of this. That's a command. All right, glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Asapo ramakadai. Rinjamandan bremakato satandai. For the Lord has destined and purposed and already pre planned for this house, and you. The family of God that dwells in this house and functions as living stones, He has already planned and destined that you overcome, succeed, and grow and mature and be a witness 
that will amaze this city. It's the plan of God to expand and amaze the city. You didn't think of it. It wasn't your idea, but it's in your heart because I put it there. The passion that I put in there will come and you will see the anointing increase. And God will have his stamp on this city through this house in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, man, I want to bless you too. Praise God. I prayed for you when I was here before, but stand up again. There's some new stuff happening to your life. Amen. <clears throat> some additions to God's anointing. <laughs> He's got a lot of trailers he likes to hook on. Praise God. Until we have this... This long line of promises and blessings that are following us. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. <laughs> amen. 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 I, there's not, uh, it's not too often I don't like people. So when I say this, don't get me wrong, but I like this guy. <clears throat> you understand? There's some people that, you know, I like everybody, but I like this guy. Now, what does that mean about that? It means that he has a, he has a spirit. His spirit attracts people. And he has, a, he has an open heart and an honest heart, and he's, he's attractive to people. I don't know what function you do in the natural world, but you certainly have an attraction. People like you. Now, I know you already got the list of people that don't like you, so quit arguing with me. <clears throat> this is a word of God. This is how God sees you, not how you see yourself. And my response is just a signet or a sign that that happens. And why, the, the reason it's important so you can see the larger life. You can see yourself bigger than the kid who's just happened to grow up and become a little older. You need to see yourself as the man of God that he has made you. And the servant he has placed you in this house and in your family and in your world of, of commerce. He has placed you as a Joseph in this troubled times. You have the ability and the key in you to change the course of financial destiny for a bunch of people. You have, there's some dreams and some secrets, there's some inventions, there's some revelation that are just like poking out as you can almost feel it. And God wants to break it forth. Amen. Until whatever's poking out is going to be an anointed blessing for more than just yourself and your family. God has destined you for that purpose. You're a Joseph to your family and to your community. And I bless you in Jesus' name. I release the anointing over you. I say in Jesus' name, don't hesitate and don't be fearful. And don't self-doubt and don't compare yourself with yourself. Just let the, say the Lord's will be done in my life. Let the prophetic word be in my life. And if the prophet said it, God must be in line with the prophet. And so I'm going with this thing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do I get an agreement? All right. We're in, we're in, we're in agreement then. It's done. Hallelujah. And I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear some things from him. I'm gonna, we're going to see some things. And you're going to have some breakthroughs and some revelation. Some dreams come. Amen. It may come in a dream. It may come just in the wisdom of your experience. It may be something that you just, all of a sudden you have a challenge and you just know how to do it. 
And they're going to say, how'd you do that? Well, this is how I did it. All of a sudden, there's new things happening. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ready for that? Amen. Amen. When you walk into the room, it's like opening all the windows up. I don't mean in a hot day where you get, you know, you need air conditioning. I mean, I'm talking about the spring day where that, that fresh air comes into the house. When you come into a room, you have a spirit of freshness over you. And you have a spirit of refreshing. There's people that come to you and, and maybe call you on the phone or just drop by. Or maybe, you know, they want to. Because when, when they leave, they feel better. They say, well, she's a nice gal. We like to talk. No, it goes beyond that. You have a spirit of refreshing. You have a refreshing spirit. Now, you get tired, and there's times you need refreshing, but you don't realize how you give out, how much you are a container of fresh air to people. I want you to know that. I want you to hear my voice say it to you over and over again so it will resonate in your spirit. I'm here for a purpose. Matter of fact, you're a walking air wick. That's a new anointing. I just found it. <clears throat> we'll dress you up like one of those fancy Glade commercials so it'll look good. But you're a walking airwick. You bring refreshing everywhere you go. Hallelujah. And I bless both of you. I bless your home. I bless your, your future. I bless your relationship. I bless you in this house as you support the vision and the purposes of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Open heavens. Open heavens. <laughs> open heavens. There's an open heaven in this house. There's an open heaven in this house. When you walk in this building, it's not just an emotional thing <clears throat> where I'm, you know, I like the church and we're in church. No, this ground is dedicated to the anointing. And you literally, now I know we're New Testament Protestants. So we don't have any old Catholic ideas where there's, you know, these holy places. But God had holy places. God had holy places. And we forget that God still has places he's anointed. And I believe there's a reason why. There's even hot spots in some church buildings where it seems like there's more healings on this side of the church than there are on that side of the church. If you kept track of it, you'd, there's better, better sermons preached over here than there is here. I don't understand it, but we need to get, as my old dad said, and I hate to keep repeating it. He was my mentor, and I've heard him preach a thousand sermons. He says, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. And that's my quest, Lord. Where is the spout today? Hallelujah. Where is the spout today? Praise God. Amen. You guys are part of this fellowship? You guys part of this church? You too? Stand up. Amen. Are you married? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I'm working on you later. I got you I got you set. I got you set for something big. Are you guys married? You, you just hanging out huh no. okay okay so that's 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 close enough okay I gotta be careful because I've gotten in trouble like that before amen amen let me just pray for you I don't want to frighten you I'll just pray for you a little bit here just step out here where I can get my hands on you okay. hallelujah hallelujah 
Amen. How old are you, son? Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for the anointing upon this young man and this young woman. You don't make mistakes, and your timing is perfect. And we've had a intersection in our lives together. Lord, I'm a senior in the house now. But when I was 19, I was a beginning preacher. A young teenage preacher, Lord. And I can remember the beginnings. This young woman and this young man have a beginning. And I pray a beginning prayer now. And a beginning blessing. And I pray the blessings of God over them that you gave Abraham and Sarai. Lord, not that many children, but Lord, the blessing upon them. They would have God's hand upon their life. Lord, let this man be an elder in, this, in, in his world. Let him be a, a man of wisdom. Let him be a leader among his fellow men and young men. Already, Lord, he has a spirit that uh, is, a, is a leadership spirit. He's already one who, who gets the, he's the captain or of the baseball team or he's the leader of the basketball team or wherever he is, he somehow just graduates toward being in charge of something. That's the spirit of a leader. And Lord, you're already shaping him for his destiny before he even knows it. His future has already been honed out and the desires that are in his spirit and in his inner man and in his mind, you've put there. And he will, in these next 10 years, he will be formed into that man of purpose and, and destiny and uh, importance in his world. I bless him, Lord, with a, with a mind of God and with a spirit of humility and with the power to forgive. And as a husband, Lord, let him be as, <clears throat> as to his wife as a savior. Lord, protecting and covering her and keeping her anointed and safe. I pray for this woman, Lord, <clears throat> as she comes into her, her uh, adulthood, Lord, uh, that there will be a, a, a spirit on her as as the as as a mature mother and a and a woman in the house of God, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Amen. It's so much fun to pray for uh, young lumps of clay because you can form them any way you want, Amen. I know you guys have lived a long life, and as far as you're concerned, you you know you've had a big long life. Well, <laughs> you haven't. Just put it that way. <clears throat> But you've had a precious life, and it's just beginning. And so I'm just going to shape you a little bit right now. And Father, you put spirits together in marriages, not because one's pretty and others, you know, likes the beauty. But you put them there because they have destined to be one in Christ. And their passions, dreams, and desires will form into a family. And they will begin to think alike. And they will begin to dream alike. And you will make one person out of them eventually until they walk and think and talk like one spirit. 
I bless them in this journey. Lord, they're not married yet, so this is coming yet. This is yet to happen. But Lord, I, I just want to prophesy that over you so you'll see the working of God in you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. What's your name? Destiny. <laughs> all right. That's a good name. What's your name? Rusty. Rusty. Hallelujah. I ever tell you how much I hate tall people? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm kidding. God bless you guys. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, glory to God. Now, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, we're, what happens in the, as, as God just develops the anointing, develops the Spirit of God, God speaks a word here, a word there, we'll see an increase. Come, come each night, there's going to be a level of increase in the anointing. And what God does on the last couple of nights is just, is just always amazing. So let's just keep flowing in the Holy Ghost. God bless you.
God.